Welcome to The Adapter's Advantage, the podcast that shares insider stories about breakthrough moments that lead to success. Get ready for an inspiring conversation about adapting to change from Alego, the all-in-one sales enablement platform built for success in a hybrid world. Let's dive right in. Hi, I'm Mark Magnaca. I want to welcome you to the next episode of the Adapter's Advantage podcast. Today, I'm excited to have both Ken Valla and Nick Valla of the Valla Group as my guests. To give you some background, Ken's the president of the Valla Group, which is a sales excellence firm. He's got over 20 years of experience in sales, sales management, and sales strategy consulting. Ken specializes in B2B selling and focuses on helping his clients to address their unique client business needs. Nick Valla leads the sales and service organization of the Valla Group. He spent time selling for both Fortune 1000 companies, as well as hyper-growth technology startups, including, yes, you heard it, Allego. Nick brings experience and expertise on how to partner with organizations and execute strategic initiatives tied to business and growth goals. So, Ken and Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Pleasure to be here, and thanks for having us. Glad to have you both here. Ken, I'm going to start with the first question with you. When people ask you about the Vala Group and they learn a little bit about this company and they, they ask that question, so Ken, what do you do? How do you answer that question? We help business-to-business sellers maximize their performance. I mean, that's as succinctly as I can say it. Now, how we do it and why we do it is what's probably most meaningful for anyone listening, which is you know, this is an industry that's been around a long time, sales training. And what we found is that there's a, a big need out there for modern content. I mean, let's just face it. A lot of the same companies have been selling the same things with the same content for years. And, and honestly, it's, it's tired. And so when we looked at the research from organizations that look at buying and selling trends and looked at the implication of those trends on how salespeople need to operate, we realized, hey, there's a great opportunity to bring modern content that's focused on that research, but enable sellers in this really interesting time of this hybrid work environment. How do I sell most effectively today? So that's what we're doing. We're enabling them building their capabilities to be successful. So Nick, I'm actually going to pivot over to you because I'm going to ask you just a slightly different question. I asked Ken kind of at the 30,000 level about the firm, but when, when people ask you what you actually do in your role at the Valley Group, how do you answer that question? What, what is your role and what do you do? Yeah, and and I think Mark, there's a, there's a few different roles that, that we play. So so Ken and I, we bring a team of consultants, uh, sales strategists that, that support us in terms of how we engage and work with our clients. It's really our role though to work on the front end and collaborate with our customers to define well, what is the transformation, what is the journey that their business is going on, where are they trying to get to, and what does that mean for their salespeople? What do we need them doing differently? What do we need them doing more effectively out there in the field? What does that mean for your sales leadership in terms of really operationalizing uh, you know, the strategy that the company's trying to implement? And so our role is to really work with our customers, help them uh, define that strategy, and then turn around and bring the capabilities that we offer in terms of modern sales effectiveness content and really drive that at scale through their organization uh, to execute on their strategy. So Ken, let me pivot back to you, just to give people a quick background here. Uh, wh- where did you start your career? And tell us a little bit about your, your journey and who influenced you 
um, to get into this industry? So my, my journey goes back 30 years. And so I'm a lifelong seller and got into sales very early out of college. I actually was fortunate to meet somebody who was starting a sales or starting a training company, not in sales training, but they were doing time management training. And so I was fortunate in, in a couple of different senses. Number one, uh, the guy basically said to me, look, you know, I, I, I'm a startup. I can't pay a salary, but I can pay a healthy commission. So I spent my first six years in sales working 100% on commission. And that was a blessing in disguise. I didn't know it, but what it taught me is how to be organized, how to be focused. Basically, if I don't sell anything, I don't make anything. So it's <laughs> win-win. I mean, that's what it came down to. The other thing about it was the guy who I worked for, he was terrific. He was a, an ex-20-year Caterpillar veteran. He had been working with their dealerships across the world. So he was a guy who, who had a tremendous amount of experience. And so this is pre-technology. So this is in the day when, hey, you're, you're writing a letter to a client. And you know, I, before I'd send it out, a prospecting letter, I'd go in there and he'd just take out a red line and redline my, my document and go, no, rewrite this. And he taught me to write succinct, taught That's me how to business protocol. So I was fortunate to be influenced by somebody back in the day who would teach you what's the proper way to conduct business and actually continually coach. And then I moved from there into sales training and was fortunate, again, still in the mid late 90s, to have coaches who would sit down and, and literally talk you through what you need to do at a pipeline level, at an account level. So they literally took the time to sit down and coach. And those are things that unfortunately we don't see as much today. And we can talk about it. Sir, it's going to come up throughout this podcast. But the bottom line is early in my career, I was influenced by people who you know, took the time to actually give me their thinking and teach me the right and wrong ways of doing things. I'm going to pivot on that over to you, Nick. Just tell us a little bit about your career path and in particular leading the sales and service organization for the Valid Group, um, where your framework for how to use technology has come from and why you think it's important. Yeah, thanks, Mark. So, um, so my background has been, I've worked, when I got out of college, I went and worked at a company called Citrix Systems. And I was very fortunate to work at Citrix. Uh, it was a large technology organization selling both direct to customers, but also I learned a lot about selling through channel partners. I was on the inside sales floor there, working with different field sales reps. So I really learned the intricacies of businesses and how these organizations operate. It really was a great foundation for my career. And from there, I joined a, another training firm where Ken spent over or 20 years, and I learned about the sales and leadership effectiveness industry. And again, another great opportunity for me to be a sponge and just learn about all the different businesses uh, in terms of what was going on in their world, how do their people sell? How do they operate? I got to see a lot of, well, what are the high performers doing? And I got to also see what are people doing the wrong way that needs to shift. And so uh, both of those experiences really provided a great platform for my career, which then led to actually joining Alego in the early days of the company. Uh, yes. so, so that was, well, I'll tell you, Mark, a, a game-changing experience for me joining Alego uh, at the time that I did. You know, a lot of people are uh, go and join smaller startup companies and they go and try and grow them. I was able to join a company that had an, a very experienced executive team, folks who have done it before with other startups. And boy, did we experience hyper growth here over a couple of years that, that I was at Alago. And so, um, you know, after three years, Mark, I think with about 30 employees, I think I was the 30th employee when I joined 
when I left, we had over 120 employees three years later. So amazing. It was an unbelievable experience. But with that, we were also bringing a new product to market. At that time, a lot of people didn't know about these you know, sales enablement, sales readiness platforms and what they did and how modern LMS, like how would the organization use it? So we were selling some disruptive technology at that time. And that taught me a lot around how do we go out and create a market? How do we go out and shape people's perspective who have done it a different way for the last 10, 15, 20 years and try and say, no, there's a new way of doing things and here's how it needs to be done. And, and so that experience has really gave me a ton, a great uh, platform for the Valor Group. And Ken and I, when we go to market, we're really reinventing the way organizations think about sales training and sales effectiveness. And to your point around leveraging technology today, we believe that um, it is a great mechanism to deploy learning at scale across organizations. But today we don't really even view it as learning. We view it as, hey, these are capabilities that need to be integrated into the workflow of how your sales organization operates day to day. And we're really using technology as a means to do that, to drive collaboration, to drive peer-to-peer -peer best practice sharing, to drive continuous coaching at the account opportunity and conversation level. And so again, we can talk more about that, but um, anybody who's not using technology today to do this at scale, uh, <laughs> They should really consider it because it's a great opportunity. So the the segue that, that I want to talk to you about, Nick, just to pick up on what you, where you were going was so much of the sales world was not data driven for so long. So much of it was this intuitive uh, gut feeling, very hard to do forecasting and the like, because it really wasn't scientific. And yet your business has been focused on this data driven approach to sales training. You mentioned capability. You mentioned being able to find and interpret this, this data. Um, why did you choose to make that the hallmark of the Valid Group? Yeah. So what we're bringing our customers, Mark, is a data-driven selling system that they can operationalize through their organization. Why, why did we choose to do that? If you look back, even when Ken was talking about in the, in the mid-90s when he started in, in sales, um, and look even through the 2000s and into today, uh, people will always say it's a relationship-based sale. You know, it's one-to-one, -one, people buy from people. Sure, we believe that there's a great element of that uh, that still happens today. If you look at kind of where we're at today, there's so many technology platforms, so many different products out there that really enable salespeople around automation. The downfall about that is people rely too much on technology and they forget to actually think for themselves. And so uh, what we're finding is sales today is, uh, it used to be an activity-driven model, Mark, where how many calls can I make? Yes. How many conversations can I have? How many proposals can I get out there to our customers? While activity is still important, we're finding it's really taking a backseat to more of a data-driven approach. Salespeople have so much access to data around what's changing across their, their customers' industries, what's changing across their customer account and their organizational strategy you know what's going on with the functional level or with the different stakeholders across that business you can go on linkedin i can go on you know discover.org i can go on all these other sites and get all this data and information today and i should be using that to influence my approach influence my sales strategy and we believe that there's different levels of data so salespeople need to be able to not only go out there and you know, find that data but the key is how do they evaluate it 
and interpret it at the account opportunity and or conversation level. And this needs to be done on a continuous basis. If that is such a, it, it's such a great point. And I'm gonna come up to Ken in just a moment on this, but yeah. now that you say it, um, I realize there is only one data set that people cared about in, in the, the, you know, let's call it 20 years ago. And that was how many people did you call on? And the reason why is because that was the only metric that they could measure, right? It was like, okay, we can control one thing, your activity, but nobody was asking the question, what are you saying to those people to whom you are making outreach? Because you might actually be doing more damage with the way you're approaching it and just making call after call after call versus bringing the kind of data-informed thought process that you've just described. So as a pivot, Ken, what do you yeah. see as the biggest myth or, or misconception that people who are trying to train their sales force, and let's talk just kind of post-pandemic now, mm -hmm. what is it that they're missing or that they don't understand if they were originally informed back in the activity-only model? Yeah. Okay, a couple of things. Right. Now that you've teed it up and I've been thinking about uh, how best to answer this, uh, and so... I mean, I'm going to answer it two ways based off of what Nick just said for a moment here, Mark. The first thing I want to say is that, you know, this whole activity driven model, uh, can, this was also born out of the idea that we kept looking at research from the gardeners and the foresters and the Harvards and talking about how enterprise buyers or business to business buyers are getting 60% you know, of the way through their buying process before they want to engage with the seller. Right. Or whatever, whatever the metric is, whatever these percentages, doesn't matter. And we're sitting there saying to ourselves, well, wait a second. If they have all this data that they can go find and, and use to determine where, how far they can get along in that buying process before they engage, then why isn't the inverse true? Why can't the salesperson use the same available data or other available data to them to get further along in their sales process, to, to, to define their territories, to define what opportunities exist within that account or hypotheses of opportunities, and to define a call plan and figure out who they should be talking to and what their messaging should be, all before they even reach out to anyone. Can so, I got to stop you? I got to stop you right there because that is that's a profound thought. I want to make sure it's not lost on our listeners here. I just want to let them wash wash over them for a minute, what you just said here. Albert Einstein said that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And until you just said it, I hadn't really thought about that. I've read the same statistic that you just referenced over and over again, but I hadn't thought about it as simple as the flip side of all of this data that makes it easier for buyers to move through the buying process to be more well-educated. Well, it turns out that's also true for those sellers who are willing to do the work and get educated so that you have the same advantage that they have. 100%. And by the way, that's why I started that answer saying what I did, because I wanted <laughs> to preface what I was about to say with that. And then you just use a very operative word, how work, how they work. One of the things that we do with the Valley Group is we are enabling sellers when we say we're enabling them to high performance. It's not just about how they sell, it's about how they think and how they work on an everyday basis. And so what really needs to change is that if you're really going to take a data-driven approach to selling, you've got to have salespeople who are able to find that data, interpret it, i.e. think, and you've got to account for the time. And you got to say, hey, you need to take the time to build a plan. You need to work differently. And I often hear people saying today, well, you know, we don't have time for training. 
hard to people, especially in today's world where you can just set up a Zoom meeting, you can have 12 hours of Zoom meetings in a row, and then you wonder, like, how did the work get done? Because people just sat on Zoom meetings. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, that is a question. But for salespeople, you know, we're getting them to think, step back and look at their territories, their accounts, their opportunities, and doing some planning, leveraging that data and building out strategies. And that's what's unique about what we're doing. So when people come to us and say, you know, the big myth, myth is, oh, well, our people, our leaders, they don't have time. They're too busy. So, look, if you are just building training that is just focused on developing capabilities and is divergent from your go-to-market strategy, divergent from how your sellers really operate and what the challenges are they're truly facing, frankly, I wouldn't go to the training either. I'm with them. But if you're designing your training and solutions as a way that to drive your go-to-market strategy, like this is how we operate. This is how we are going to conduct ourselves as a sales organization. These are the planning processes that we're going to use. This is the tool. These are the tools we're going to use. And these are the conversations we're going to need to go have with our customers to move those opportunities forward. Then it's not divergent. This is how we operate. So this is the day job. So when people go through the Valor Group training, they don't say, oh, now I'm back to my day job. They go through our training and they say, oh, this is the day job. Like this is the same thing I'll be doing tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Ken, what I love about what you just said here is this idea of helping salespeople recognize that the very best influencers, the pardon me, the very best salespeople are indeed influencers in the best sense of the word. And what I mean by that is, the fact that you've spent time studying a subject, the fact that you understand a market dynamic, the fact that you have an awareness of what competitors are doing, your ability to influence a point of view is truly one of the most meaningful things you can do versus being an order taker. And so, you know, as you're, as you're describing this, it's making me think, Nick, you know, over to you on uh, the Vala Group point of view about technology and how you're using technology to modernize things like role-playing or, or follow-up post-training uh, with reminders and flash drills and things like that. Uh, tell us more about your point of view with respect to the use of technology to allow your clients to scale. Mark, I'll tell you today, the biggest uh, opportunity, I said this on the front end of our conversation here for organizations is to embrace technology, to deploy learning at scale and drive integration into their organization. Um, it, it, there's two components to this. One is people like the Valor Group, like you have to have an offering that's designed in a way to maximize the capabilities that an Oligo platform has. So you guys are a great partner who bring us outstanding, uh, you know, flexible capabilities that we can use situationally with how we go deploy content across our customer's organization. We recognize that. We've designed our offering to maximize that and we continue to layer on and advance our offering there. Why is that important? Because we're not just taking e-learning and dropping it on the platform and saying, go through it. We're working alongside you with our customers to say, how do we drive a comprehensive approach through your organization? So that might be using technology to drive learning paths where we have executive communication videos tying this to their strategy, where people right. want to go through online learning that's designed in a modern uh, format. That as you're going through the learning, we're helping people apply to and create an account strategy, create an opportunity strategy, create a conversation strategy. They're actually downloading that in, as a PDF. So now 
using the LIGO capabilities, we can have people actually role play. We can have them share and talk through their account strategy. I can share that with my manager who can provide coaching and feedback directly into the video. We can score people. So if we want to do certification, we can use different scorecards. We're using that and we're tracking those metrics on the back end. Uh, that's important, Mark, because we keep using the word integration. It's not about just going through that learning path. We're guiding them to do real work. We're guiding the coaching conversations. Uh, we're helping them to advance their account strategy opportunity or conversation strategy. So that's one component. You know, another thing that, that I'll mention, Mark, is we're using peer-to-peer -peer best practice sharing. So as people are going through our online content and learning paths, we're helping to curate and crowdsource best practices around how are they applying these to their different deals, to their different accounts, to different conversations that they're having across their customers' businesses. We're talking quick 45 to 90 second type videos that we can organize on the platform. And now we can use it uh, for best practice sharing. People are going there and watching videos saying, I need an idea on this. You know, how, do I, how does this connect there? We're using it for onboarding. Every customer we talk to is trying to decrease time to proficiency. Well, let's capture what your best, highest performers are doing, how they're applying this content. Let's integrate it into your onboarding process. Day one, they're getting quick 90 second snippets and videos from your highest performers. That's how we're gonna decrease time to proficiency. And so those are a couple of things that we're doing to really leverage technology. And I got one more thing, Mark, that I'd like to add on to that. Um, Go ahead. That's okay. This is, and this is a big thing. If you're using virtual instructor-led uh, classes or in-person classes today to teach content to your organization, it's a missed opportunity. Our perspective at the Dallas Group is you should never use that time to teach content. The way Alago is designed, and if you're designing your sales effectiveness content in a more modern, scalable approach, we should be teaching it in an asynchronous format using the platform, people should be creating strategies. And when we do come together for virtual instructor-led training or in-person training, that time should be focused on strategy, best practice sharing, collaboration, talking about how do we adopt and operationalize these new concepts in the fabric of our business. It shouldn't be used to teach content. And so that's a disconnect in the world and the training world right now that we're really trying to help our customers solve for. So, so it's a pivot, Ken, back to you on, um, I know that there's a number of what I will call legacy sales training programs that have sort of this off the shelf model. They had one approach to selling and they taught people almost like a hymnal. This is the way that selling works. And they followed some kind of solution selling approach. And I know that you've taken a much more customized approach. Why do you think customized, customization and, and really helping uh, both training leaders along with marketing operations all get on the same sheet of music with something custom matters versus a more generic standard approach? So a, a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, yeah, those traditional, you know, what people call methodologies. Oh, we need a new sales methodology. And these are the providers of a sales methodology. I gotta tell you, most of the companies we're talking to today, the very large enterprise companies, they don't want a sales methodology. No one wants a methodology. What they want to build the capabilities of their sales organization so those people can be agile, so they can adjust because the, the sales world out there is very complex, things shift. There's no such thing as a linear sales process. So how do we enable these sellers to think for themselves? How do we enable them to build their capabilities uh, and be equipped to do 
so at the account level, at the opportunity level, at the conversation level. That's the, the first thing, Mark. So it's less about the methodology and more about building capabilities, number one. Yep. Number two, like we would say, like we, yes, we, we teach content, but we're providing them a system. We're giving them a process. It'd be a, an eight-step process on how to actually go research and build an account strategy. But then we'll give them a tool. Well, how do we actually, where do we put that information? How do we interpret it? How do we capture it? Well, then there's a tool that they use online and they do this in our learning. So it's not like you go through the learning and then you go, okay, now I got to go build an account strategy somewhere else. No, you're doing it through the process online. And there's no reason for you to be wasting anyone else's time as you do this for your account. That's our point. That's and next so I can, Again, I want to just call that piece out though. What you just said, you're doing it for a real account in the training. This isn't a hypothetical role play. You're using an actual account that's on your account list. Exactly. Or if you're doing it at the opportunity level, you're working on a current opportunity in your pipeline or at the conversation level, an upcoming key meeting that you have. And so you are actually planning, strategizing, learning our approach, and then you're using it and applying it to real life opportunities and situations, Mark. So by giving them the tools and frameworks, which is what we do at the Valor Group, those same tools and frameworks apply to the support organizations. So we find is, okay, if we're going to teach somebody uh, a framework around deal strategy and velocity, so how do I actually frame up a deal and how do I frame up in a way that's going to be most advantageous for us to go win and what things, what are my levers in terms of deal velocity? Great. That's all great stuff for the seller. By the way, the marketing organization, what we're finding is they're wanting to go through the same training and learn the same framework because now they want to filter their products through. Say, okay, great. Now, as we start, as they start rolling out product training, it's not just, well, here's what the product is, but it's, here's how you go sell it. Yep. Oh, and the how you go sell it is the same framework that you taught you before in that other, in that deal strategy session. So now the company, everyone within the company is speaking the same language. That's the customized part, Mark. That's where it becomes part of how they operate. They, we become a fabric of how they work as an organization. And by the way, when I say we, it's those tools, those capabilities that we're instilling in them. Hey, the value group, we're in the background. So it's never about the value group. When we're working with our customers, doing our best work, as far as I'm concerned, they don't even need to know. The sellers and leaders don't even need to know who we are. We're all about helping them to be successful. And uh, we'll take a backseat to them every day. Well, Ken, I'll tell you that I know in, from my background in financial services that this notion of one story, many voices, um, I know for a fact, because I've seen it inside multiple different companies, that when the sales training is aligned with what marketing is being taught and marketing is using the same language and marketing is using the same framework, that this virtuous circle develops instead of the friction and tension that often exists between those two organizations. When you have a shared framework and a shared language, it doesn't mean you get it right every time, but boy, it's a lot easier for marketing to to put it into bite-sized chunks in a format that the salespeople are comfortable with and then be able to have that information flow go back around. So what you've just described, I think it's hard to argue against. You know, it's hard to almost take this, the flip side of that argument, which is, no, they should have two different methodologies, two different th- thought presses, and it's really not in their, uh, in their best interest to collaborate. So, uh, Nick, I want to come back to you on um, one of the terms that I know is a, a Vala Group exclusive. I really like this term, too. 
Uh, you, you've mentioned the notion of a customized learning path, although you bring a little different uh, framework to that than, than people may initially assume. And then you talk about a conversation strategizer. What, what is that and why is that important? Yeah, so, so we believe, Mark, that uh, sales today is really all about having productive conversations. And it's not just one conversation, but your ability to string together a series of productive conversations that are really outcome driven. Um, and so a conversation strategizer is a, you know, just a one pager that we're, uh, all, that we're working with our customers on to say, well, what are the different types of conversations your sellers are out there having? You know, let me give you an example, Mark. So I'd say probably 10 years ago, uh, if you think about the business world, it was a big deal when you looked at it and saw companies going through a big transformation. I mean, it, it's all talked about. Fast forward to today, after, especially after the pandemic, virtually every single company we're talking to is going through a major transformation. Yes. Well, due to this new shift in how people work and need to operate, but also due to technology is really caught up to the business world and it's impacting every company in every industry, whether it's impacting your own organization or your customer's organization. It's changing companies' go-to-market strategy. Well, why is that important? How do, what does that mean for a conversation strategizer? Well, that means that salespeople today need to go out and talk with different folks across the business. They need to be able to work up and down an organization across each of the different functions of a business. That's unusual. You know, in technology, a lot of folks used to talk right within the IT uh, right. You know, function. Today, the opportunities that are being created are out in the sales operations, marketing, finance, HR. They need to be out talking to those different folks having conversations about how are they operating? What are they trying to do with their business and function strategy? And how does that contribute to the organization strategy? Now, IT might still help implement, but the opportunity, the origin of the opportunity is really out there. People are struggling with that in today's world. They're struggling with how do we go out and have a business conversation that's not about our products and services. So we're working with our customers to create one-page conversation strategizers that guides their thinking. How do we go out and effectively manage and run these conversations with new stakeholders. What do I want to learn, gather from them in terms of information? What can I share? Do, I, do we have existing stories or examples? Do we have a point of view that we want to bring them that might stimulate a conversation? Do I want to bring an insight? Is that even relevant? So we're helping to guide their thinking and we're building these out for different personas. And now sellers can take them off the shelf. It's 80, 85% done. They can customize and tweak it for their customers uh, who they're speaking with. But like I said, we're guiding their thinking, Mark, and we're helping them to adopt and operationalize this in the field from day one. Well, Nick, I'm a huge believer in the notion of a framework. You know, as you just described it, it made me think about, I remember many years ago going to Europe for the first time and having this little guidebook that helped me understand not just, you know, what the currency was and the time zone and those kinds of things in a given European country, but recognizing that um, the culture in Italy is very different than the culture in Germany, and that you need to know the following things when you move from one country to another. And in the same way, helping sellers to broaden their thinking and recognizing the way that they approach a conversation, as you pointed out, with IT may be very different than the way they approach a conversation with the CFO. But that, that almost diplomatic passport of allowing you to have the confidence and skills to move across different parts of the organization, that truly helps sellers to be more valuable, not just to their organization, but literally to their buyer. Hmm. Couldn't agree more, Mark. I mean, we, we've been talking a lot about this um, 
we, we use the, we talk about sense making a lot. That's coming from Gartner. They talk about the best sellers are sense makers. Customers are overwhelmed with so much data. How do we help them make sense of it and pull it together? Well, this data-driven approach at the conversation level, that's that preparation, that strategy, that conversation strategizers helping me to get my thoughts right around what do I want to do to run a productive conversation? How can I help guide the customer, influence their thinking, or help them make sense of the data that they have at their disposal? So this is where the pieces really come together in terms of uh, being a, a Sherpa and a guide for your customers and moving them through their journey. Because let's face it, most of them don't have a buying process. They just don't, especially to buy a lot of these new technologies, these new offerings, your sellers are selling them a heck of a lot more. So it's incumbent on them to share their experiences and, and how to move this forward. Ken, we're getting ready to wrap up here, but I want to come back uh, to you with, with the last question here. Uh, based on all the things we've covered, what is the most important skill that you believe sellers need to learn or improve today? I, I, I had to have two. I was thinking, thinking I had to, I was trying to boil it down to one mark. I'll say number one, agility. They need to be agile in today's world. There is just no single roadmap to success. Yeah, every customer situation is different. The accounts are different. And yes, there's a lot of things that you can learn in one account and, and, and leverage in another. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, your ability to be agile as a seller and adapt to unique customer situations is absolutely critical. If you're just going about doing the same things every single day that you always do, and same accounts, I treat every customer the same way, every conversation the same way, you're going to be in trouble. You need to be agile and adaptive. It's number one. The second one I have to say, yeah, continuous learning. You have to be a continuous learner. And I don't say this with the flipping, you know, or, or uh, so, yeah, you got to always, always be learning. No, I literally mean it. So Nick and I talk about this. Like when we go into our customers and we are installing a solution and, and we say, well, we want to start with your highest performers. Give us your top performers. And they're like, well, I don't know, because, you know, those people, they've already, they're already top performers and not sure if they'll get anything out of it or I don't know if they'll learn anything. Was, no, start with your top performers. And you know what happens, Mark, every single time? Those top performers absolutely love yes. what they see from us. But you know why? Part of it, yes, part of it is because we create great stuff. But the bigger part of it is those are people that are always, if they're truly high performers, they always are learning. They're looking at the next thing. I've talked to some of these guys who are just year over year president club winners within their accounts, the highest performers, and not one of them ever says, geez, yeah, that was, that was boring. That was redundant. Oh, yeah, I already know all that. It's always, oh, here's what I learned. Here's what I took away every single time. If they're truly high performer, that's what they take away. So if you want to be a high performer as a, as a salesperson, you got to always be learning. You know, Ken, I'll tell you, uh, you, you mentioned earlier this mindset and ultimately the way that we talk about what you've just described in our book, Mastering Virtual Selling, is at the heart of that is a genuine curiosity, right? You're, you're learning because you want to understand, you want to know more. And, and, and the byproduct of that desire is that you become more valuable because you're more well-read, you're more well-informed, you've had better conversations. But I couldn't agree with you more when I look across our President's Club, both at Lego and at other clients that we work with, uh, that common denominator of, of agility, of recognizing that instead of, um, you know, as, as Mike Tyson once pointed out, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Well, we all get punched in the face. And the question is, then what? What do you do? How do you 
use your own learning agility to be able to adapt. That's where the magic is. And that's why I think this idea that enterprise selling is going to be just outsourced to AI and you know a machine is going to just do it anytime in the near future, I think it's misguided. Um, life is too complicated for that to be the case. And the best salespeople are the ones who can make that meaning, as we were talking about, out of this complexity. So Nick, this has been a great conversation with both of you. If people want to learn more about the Vala Group and what you do, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So first, they can go to our website, www.thevalagroup.com, and there's a contact us form. So they can either just go out there and fill it out, or you can connect with us on LinkedIn. Both Ken and I are on LinkedIn. Go on there, connect with us. Hey, we'd love to have a conversation. So whether there's an opportunity on the table, Mark, or whether you just want to hear some of the things that we're doing in the sales effectiveness industry, or whether maybe you're just looking for some ideas or thinking around what other companies are doing, we just love having conversations helping organizations think through you know, their business strategy, what that means for their salespeople and how to develop those capabilities. So just reach out for a call and uh, we're happy to make time and, and have a conversation. Well, Ken and Nick, this has been a real pleasure. It's a pleasure working with you as partners and I'm really delighted to be able to bring this message to our wider client base to understand the level of thinking and talent that uh, you're bringing to help support many of our clients in this process. Thanks, Thanks Mark. Mark. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Take care. You've been listening to The Adapter's Advantage, a podcast from Alego. Stay connected by subscribing to the show at alego.com forward slash podcast, leaving us a rating and comment and sharing episodes you love. That helps us bring you more conversations about breakthrough moments that lead to success. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember that one new idea can change your life.